0: hello and welcome to make believe heroes the podcast where we play dungeons and dragons and then after we do that we stop
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow just wow
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Make Believe Heroes, the actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure of your heart and mine. And mine. I'm Paul. I'm your dungeon master, weaving this story of intrigue and death. I'm joined tonight by four friends of mine who are here to play Dungeons & Dragons with me. I'm not here to play that. Why don't you introduce yourselves? And as you do, why don't you... Just for the sake of it, for the first time, I think, this season, let's give racing class with our characters.
1: Hey guys, it's Jeremy. I play, not Lorik, I play Sutsaris, better known as Saul, the Tiefling Rogue. Mm-hmm. Rogan.
3: I'm Jeffrey, and I play Kjorg, the half Orc Fighter. My name is Alan, and I play Brackle, the Human Ranger.
4: My name's Felicia, and I play Misk. I am a Tiefling Bard.
2: Jeffrey. What do you think I'm going to roll in this shot, D20?
3: You're going to roll a six.
2: Oh wow, really gosh. close.
4: I said a seven.
2: It was a seven. She called it. Oh, so nice. She nice. wins. So, Felicia, you get to pick who gives us the uh, the recap. Oh, my gosh. I mean, pick Jeffrey.
3: That's evil. Don't
2: do it.
4: I pick Jeffrey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, Jeffrey. This is going to take 12 hours. We're going to be here all night. So, what, what just happened literally can't be as bad 15 as minutes ago? In real life, when we last played Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Okay.
3: Last time on Make Believe Heroes, Kjorg saved everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone loved him. Yes. And the... he stole the mayor's expensive brooch.
2: He did. Yes, he did.
4: That
3: happened. And that's all that's important.
2: Okay, Uh, yeah, Uh, filling in some of those blanks. I mean, that is basically what happened. You guys ran into a burning building, saved a bunch of people, saw some mysterious figures in black robes with white masks that had a symbol over the mouth of an eye half open, half closed. Uh, You all met the mayor, Braxton Tarek, who came out, hammed it up between the four of you, and then presented you as his... Token heroes and lauded you, and people were chanting Kyork.
3: He was so fake.
2: You know, he had that real politician vibe going on as he raised your hand into the air, and the crowds began to chant Kyork, Kyork, Kyork. But they were also cheering and clapping for the rest of you. But mostly me. But mostly you. Kyork, Kyork, Kyork,
3: Kyork. Kyork, 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 Kyork,
2: and after a while, that starts to die down some, and you know, people come up, they want to shake your hand, everyone that was in the house wants to thank the four of you, and each of you accept that happily, or don't, in your own way. There's probably a lot of Misk having to make excuses and apologies for Saul, who is insulting people and calling them peasants left and right. Get away from me, peasant. Where's my drink? Brackle being Brackle, Braxton the whole time is just sort of circling around, and talking you up and he makes the statement to many different people almost as if he brought you here on purpose you know like he's really trying to spin it that he chose you all correctly when he gave you permission to come and set up even though I mean you popped up out of the nine hills Saul and uh, Misk you were probably just a name in a long list of people that bought booths for this festival and he probably doesn't have any idea who you are As this is all winding down, and it takes a while, you know, there are a lot of people here. Brackle, after a time, Lelia even makes her way over there. Everyone in the city has come to see. It's finally starting to wind down. The mayor's going around saying his goodbyes, gives a little speech, and then he makes his way toward the four of you as you're probably splitting up and the night's winding down. It's getting dark now outside. And the house is burning down, and even though there are people that are wounded, everyone's spirits are pretty high based on the fact that no one was killed. And after a time, Braxton makes his way over toward the four of you, and he comes to you, Misk. It's uh, Misk, correct?
4: Yeah, that's correct.
2: Yes, I just wanted to make sure I didn't get it wrong. I just wanted to say one more time how appreciative I am that you... We're able to bring your friends and, and do such a great thing for the city of Branshire.
4: I mean, we just tried to lend a helping hand. Oh,
2: no need to be humble. Uh, you're a hero. I mean, you heard them chanting Kjorg's sure. name. And don't don't you think for one second that wasn't for you, too? Kjorg is just, I mean, it's, it's a catchy name. Very marketable.
4: Yeah, It is. Well, he is the people's champion. I don't know yes, if you've heard about that.
2: I heard that, yes, uh, many times. You need, times, to, you need many
4: to come times. see our show sometime. But oh, uh, just most, certainly, you
2: know. most certainly, most um, certainly. Look, before everything breaks down and we all go our separate ways for them, I, did, I wanted to just quickly touch base with you. You see, at some point this week, I would love to, well, you know, capitalize on, well, if I can use that word, that, that's a little too business-like i'm not trying to take advantage of anything but the four of you are the most exciting thing that branchar has had probably in decades i mean certainly as long as i've been here and i'm certain that my wife bridget would love to meet you all four of you
4: well i think of course
1: they'd like to meet me (laughs) he says over her shoulder
2: yep saul pops oh yes of course um i'm confused I've heard different things. Is it Saul or Sutsaris? You
1: can call me Sutsaris.
2: Okay, Sutsaris. Um, Yes, of course. I I would love for you to meet her. I'm thinking maybe we could have a sort of... Maybe a little... I don't know. Event tomorrow morning? Event.
4: When would you like to have that?
2: Tomorrow morning would be great. Okay. Maybe on Circle Street we could have a sort of... um, I'm thinking like a press conference of sorts. I'll come. I'll bring my wife... Nothing big, just get together, we show the people that we're gonna to work together because I don't I don't wanna kinda of pull you in a little bit to speak secretly. You know, he just sort of leans in. He says, keeping it quiet right now, but we believe there's a good chance that perhaps my sister in law, one of the Soloran daughters, my wife Bridget, her youngest sister Brianna, that she was actually kidnapped during this whole thing. The only person that I think is standing close enough to hear what he's saying, are any of you trying to sneak up and hear what he's saying?
3: No, I'm celebrating.
1: Saul is listening. You're right there. Saul has not backed off. What about Brackle?
0: Brackle is always listening. Always.
2: But how close are you to the mayor, would you say?
0: I am basically piggybacking on him. <laughs>
2: I would say, would Brackle try to keep close to the mayor to keep an eye, or would he try to sort of put distance between the two of you?
0: He would be close, but no cigar.
2: So, Saul, you and Brackle both roll me a perception check.
0: That's a 17 on the dice. I got a dirty 20.
2: Brackle, you have trained your ear to zone in on those things. Your perception's are plus zero, Saul. So I have a 17. Saul, you are standing close enough that you don't have much trouble hearing either as he reveals to her that Brianna, the youngest sister of my wife, well, one of the staff from inside the third house, has come to me during the celebration here to inform me that he was approached and uh, accosted by one of the black-robed figures, and that they informed him that they had the princess, which, she's not really a princess, that's simply a nickname that she's adopted over the years, being the youngest daughter of the late Lord Solaron, but he was informed that she had been kidnapped and, well, this is her house. I'm surprised that no one has noticed that she hasn't made an appearance. It's only a matter of time before it all comes out and we'd like to get ahead of it. So perhaps in the morning we could make an announcement that we discovered that she had been kidnapped and that you four were going to be our... Task force. I like that. Let's call it a task force to go and find her, bring her home safely.
4: That sounds good, but almost too good. How do you mean? What kind of money are we talking about?
2: He grins. (laughs) (laughs) You just get right down to the matter, don't you? That's
4: usually what I ask first.
2: Money is not an issue. I can promise you there will certainly be a fair reward. Rackle, you hear this, do you react any way or do anything, or do you just kind of keep it to yourself?
0: I just kind of keep my own counsel.
2: So he talks for a few more moments, he tells you that he will come and find you around probably midday tomorrow, and inform you of what's going on. You tell him you're staying at the Barley Barrel, and then everyone starts to disperse. The city is almost exhausted. The events of the night have worn them out, but at the same time, there's a large contingent that is so amped up on what has happened that you can tell it's going to be a long night in Branchar. So what do the four of you do? I think it is time to find a drink, sister.
4: Yeah, I think we need to take it easy for a little bit.
2: Georg, you've been shaking hands and kissing babies. What are you doing?
3: Let's
4: run to the barley barrel.
2: So you're heading also toward the barley barrel? Yeah. Brackle, what are you doing?
3: I want to go to that barley barrel.
0: Get me some of that okay. ale. Made from barley.
2: Lelia headed back to the barley barrel a while back. You know she is working in the evenings. She's headed back there, so you know that she's there. And you know other friends of yours, and and these three that you have unwittingly become connected to are heading that way as well. So the four of you reconvene in the barley barrel, and when you're headed that way, intentionally or not, you manage to sort of walk pretty close to each other. Not necessarily like you're all going together. I mean, the three of you are, but Brackle, you're pretty close to him. As you're walking, someone sort of steps up and blends in with the four of you. He steps up next to you, Kjorg, and he says, My, you four certainly performed very effectively in this rescue.
0: Of course... Brackle grunts.
2: And it's the tall man with the palor-marked rapier, of course, the one that you were speaking with in the barley barrel before you all headed toward the burning house. (sighs) My, it has certainly been an interesting first day of the festival, has it not?
4: Yeah, it's been something.
2: Couldn't help but notice that you were all approached by the mayor.
4: Yeah, check this out.
3: (laughs) I shown the pendant (laughs) with a brooch.
2: (laughs) You all see for the first time that Kjorg swiped the pendant off of the mayor's chest.
4: Jorg, I just, I knew. I knew you were gonna go for that. I seen it, it shine. I knew you were gonna get it.
2: Did you swipe that off the mayor? <laughs> of course. What do you intend to do with it?
3: I don't know. Give it to somebody poor, or maybe a friend. Just give it to me. No, you're not poor.
4: Here, Georg.
3: You're not poor, and you're already my friend.
4: I'll keep it in my pocket. I'll keep it in my pocket <laughs> for you.
2: Would you mind if I saw it for just a moment? Sure. Really? <laughs> you hand it to him. He looks at it. He kind of spins it, flips it over, he looks at the symbol. He says, "Ah, it seems like a pretty well-made trinket. I'm sure that it could be sold for a fair price. But I don't know. I I've seen the mayor wearing this a few times. It's possible, even probable that he's going to notice it's gone. Maybe he'll just think it slipped off somewhere in the in the commotion. He's probably got plenty of these, right? I mean,
3: I'm sure he doesn't need any more money.
2: Here you are. And he hands it back to you. So, let's let's go get us a drink and a meal. A drink,
3: yes.
1: Also, who are you again?
2: Plenty of time for talking back at the end. Come on. Come along. Okay, and let's he go. sort of picks up his step and heads that way. So, you all travel through Branshire. there's a crowd, but you get to the Barley Barrel and there is definitely a crowd at the barrel, but the crowd parts for you guys. Yeah, they do. I love you.
1: Saul just assumes it's because he's the Prince of Hell.
2: Well, you assume that and you sort of smirk, but then there are many times as you're walking through that people just start chanting, cure, 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 the people's champion.
1: (laughs) They really are fans of your moneymaker.
4: Yeah, I know.
1: Would you like a cigar, Misk?
4: Uh, Yeah, let me have one. (laughs) I'll take one. It's been a while.
1: uh, takes one out and uh, lots for you. Holds the match. <coughs> oh, you always were weak of lung. <coughs> and he like saunters off. Sorry,
4: brother.
3: Show off. <coughs> at first, I thought she was literally just coughing.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> good RP. You all come to the barley barrel. You go inside. Boren is there. He sets you all up with a table. Rackle, your usual table in the back corner in a shadowy spot. Brackle, do you sit with the rest of them?
0: I first go to check on Lelia.
2: She's in the kitchens, working her fingers to the bone, making bread, fixing stews, cooking meats, and preparing drinks. Just hard at work.
3: Working not too fast.
2: She reassures you that she's fine, everything is good, and she'll talk with you in the morning, basically.
0: Okay, I'm glad to see her well.
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm. I'm fine, Brackle. I just. So, I'm sorry. This, this place is
0: busy. It is busy.
2: You see the three of them over there, well, the four of them, along with this mysterious figure in a corner, getting some drinks and some food brought to the table. you join them? I do join them. When Saul
1: comes in, he immediately goes to whatever looks like the nicest table there, like, I'll have your most expensive bourbon. And he just stares at her, like he's (laughs) waiting for her to run off.
2: For who? Just whatever waitress is there?
1: (laughs) Anybody, waitress peasant
2: that's staring at someone. He's just pointing at someone. Just first human that looks (laughs) like he should speak to. You guys are walking over. You slide up to the table, pull back a chair, hop down, stick your feet up on the table, point to someone sitting in a chair next to you and say, you, bring me your finest bourbon. Yep. This woman turns and looks at you and sort of cuts her eyes at you and says, "Uh, I don't work here.
4: (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um... Hold on. smoke Saul, at her. I'll get you one.
2: You blow smoke at the lady? Yes. Oh, my God. You're all coming in, not counting Brackle. You're still you're talking to Lelia and coming into your seats. And you blow smoke in this one's face. And she starts, like, coughing and waving out of her face. And there's a man sitting next to her. And he stands up. And he says, hey, leave her alone. Oh, are you the one who's supposed to get my drink? She stands up. And she puts her hand on his chest. And she's like, I don't need you to protect me. So just take a seat. And she turns back towards you. I'm not a servant, and she smacks you right across the face. Yeah, boy. Ooh,
4: seen that one coming. He uh, slowly
1: turns his face back to look at her and goes, "Hmm, you want to do that again?" And smiles. Oh my! God. And she raises up a hand like she's going to smack you again.
4: I stand Perhaps up. Perhaps
1: I'll buy you a drink.
4: Hold on, Saul.
1: And he like pulls her chair closer to his.
4: Oh. Oh boy. <laughs> what?
2: <clears throat> she's disgusted and just pushes you away and just gets up and walks out. Saul chuckles.
4: I'm sorry.
2: Oh. Well, that was unfortunate.
4: Mm. How do you
2: order around here, he looks at Misk.
4: Why don't you just tell me what you want, and I will tell them. I feel like that's going to work better than you just making people mad at us.
2: Top shelf bourbon. This is all going on, Brackle, as you walk up.
0: So Brackle walks up and just kind of stops short and watches.
2: Of course.
3: I want some Dragonade. Dragonade? What is- Thirst what? Quencher.
4: So I'm going to look at this random guy that just- Helped us in the fire. Uh, kind of <laughs> helped. Kjorg did it all, but this guy was there.
3: He was watching people burn.
2: <laughs> you guys are all coming up. The mysterious figure's already had a seat. He's sort of sitting down and just watching while all this is unveiling. And Brackle comes walking up and you turn to him as he's stepping towards you all.
4: So, I don't think I introduced myself to you, sir. The name's Brackle. Well, nice to meet you, Brackle. So, I really like Uh, how you tried to take care of those people today.
0: (laughs) Tried being the operative word there.
4: You did really good. Mm. I take that grunt as a we're friends now. (laughs) My name's Misk, by the way.
2: It's my pleasure. So, as this is happening, a young halfling man approaches the table. So, can can I get you five something to drink? Finally. So, it's the short ones who take your order. I'll have your top shelf bourbon. You may need someone to get it for you. I get it. Sir, height humor is not appreciated in this establishment, so if you could please um, keep your derogatory comments to yourself. There's no need to be rude. I just offered to get you a drink. I mean, do you want me to get you a drink or do you not? I'm sorry. top shelf bourbon. He looks at you, Misk. Hey. Yeah, you said you were sorry. I appreciate that.
4: Well, you better appreciate it because I'm going to give you a huge tip later, so...
2: I appreciate that. You know, things get crazy when there's just so many people here. I'm I know, never, I'm it's never, sure never been this that busy are, in the barrel. It's never been this busy.
4: I'm sure that you're
2: just running back and forth. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so tired.
4: I bet you are. I, mean,
3: I could really use a nap. Can I get some Dragonade?
4: He would like some Dragonade, and I think I would like that as well.
2: Glacier Frost. You just mean like the, just like yes. the sweet? Yes. Like, Thirst like, Quencher. Big on electrolytes? Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes, you know exactly what we're talking about. That's one of our favorites.
2: I think we might have some. In
3: a giant cooler.
2: Okay, we might have some. I'll get that. Food? You guys want some food? I'll tell you what, I'm just going to bring a spread. How's that? That would be great.
4: You're Uh, like the best waiter ever. A
1: spread of your finest meats. Whichever sacrificed peasant you have today.
2: (laughs) Shut up! He looks, he gets a grin on his face. He's like, thanks, thanks. You're pretty cool too. Thank you. And he turns around and he goes (laughs) off to the kitchens. Wait. Yeah, yeah, Brackle, I'll get you the usual. No worries. Shagrams. That's right. Shagrams. He goes to the flippin' kitchen. (laughs) Victory. You all sit down? Yeah. Yes. Well, nothing's ever easy with you four, is it?
4: (laughs) Nope. Well, we've never really been a. The DM appears
2: in the room and he goes, no (laughs) flippin' joke. And then he poofs back out of existence. Saul throws a dagger at him. And they forget that it ever happened. Well, while we're waiting on some food and drink, it seems like maybe we have some business to discuss.
4: Yes, uh, kind of had a proposition from the mayor earlier. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I heard that. You did?
4: How'd you hear that?
2: Oh, I was right there, pretty close by. Uh,
4: I'm pretty sure you weren't.
2: Well, let's say that uh, I have a way of finding things out.
4: Huh, how about that?
2: You see, I'm actually working with... Well, there's a group of us that are trying to work toward the betterment of Manumi as a whole. (laughs) He's been leaning back and looking very relaxed, and now he he sort of puts his foot down on the floor where he had it cross over his leg. He leans forward, puts his elbows on the table, and he says, I'd like to discuss the possibility of bringing the four of you, well, maybe the four of you, at least three of you, into the fold here. You see, I'm looking for the type of people who figuratively, and literally, are the ones who would be first to run into a burning building. And that is exactly what the four of you did tonight. There was some prompting. Sure, sure there was. But even with that, most people run toward a building that is on fire and exploded. They're not going to rush in. Most people are going to stop.
4: It's probably a good thing we uh, headed that way, because it looks like no one else was going to in the first place. But also... I don't know, I've never felt like that before
2: Well, you have to understand, the people of Brandshire aren't used to that sort of excitement You know, there's not usually exploding buildings in Brandshire. Not that that's a commonality anywhere in the world, necessarily But there are, there's no Protector's Guild in Brandshire. Brackle, you've lived here all your life, right? Yes So, you know the people of Brandshire. You know that they're a kind and generous sort But if we're being completely honest, they're also somewhat naive That's true, that's why I'm here Silent Protector, guarding the Sentinel. <laughs> yes. The dark Knight. You're Batman. I,
4: sh- I
1: shoot him in the face.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Shots fired. Shots You fired.
2: hug him, lightly kiss him on the mouth, and then light a fireball between the two of you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, too soon. Sorry. What's
4: going on here? Too soon.
2: So, before we go any farther in this, the mayor informed you about the, well, who the brand shearings have called the princess.
4: Yes. The mayor wants us to assist in helping to get the princess back.
2: Yes, yes, yes. He wants you to bring Brianna. Brianna. Brianna, yes. Brianna. Um, He wants you to bring Brianna back. He wants you to find her. And he said there was a rumor. You know, the old man, he says, turning to Saul, the old man that you two carried out there at the end of all the excitement. Uh, Gerald.
1: The feeble one.
2: Yes. Gerald, I believe, was his name. He was apparently... A peasant. A butler is a more appropriate term, but he was accosted by a figure in a black robe who informed him that he had to tell the mayor that they had Brianna and that he would receive their terms and that if he did not meet them, that she would be killed. And that concerns me how?
4: Didn't you want adventure...
2: I do want adventure,
4: but wait. Then shut up. (laughs)
2: Well, what greater adventure is there than storming the castle and saving the princess, right? The age-old tale. I'm used to storming the
1: castle. If I save the princess, does she then become a wife of mine and it gives me power and a throne here on this plane?
2: (laughs) Goodness, no. Um. But it will certainly when you clout, and before we continue any further...
3: One clout token.
2: (laughs) He stops and he looks at you, Saul, and he crosses his arms. He says, I'm not Completely convinced that you should come along on this journey.
3: Oh
4: (laughs) I'm sorry, sir, but if I'm going, Saul's going too. Mm.
2: He sort of looks taken aback a little bit at that statement and he says, All right. Well, for now let's proceed as if that is the case. That you will lend your hand. You certainly helped in the danger today. So I'm not saying that you can't be of some use, but your attitude does concern me so let 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 me let's continue Brackle
1: my attitude says one of not
4: royal blood so now
2: Brackle, you can probably speak better than I of how things have changed recently in Branshire. yes. how Lord Tyrene, the benevolent and loved mayor of this city, how that he passed yes and just stop me if I say anything amiss, but... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The Lady Bridget, the eldest daughter of the Lord Solaron, she had the opportunity to become the heir apparent. She had the right to become the first female lord of the city in well, over a Mm -hmm. century. She was well-liked. From what I understand, people were ready to accept her as the lord of Branshire, but... Having recently married this charismatic figure, Braxton, a foreigner, a strange suitor who came simply looking to make trade with the Lord Tyrene, she married him and was so smitten that she waived her rights as leader of this city, and he became the Lord Mayor of Branshire. Is that correct?
0: That's the way the story goes. Hard to
2: believe, but yes. Let me be frank with the four of you. And he leans in sort of quietly. The people of Branshire are loving and kind and generous and neighborly sort. And because of that, they are loath to say anything bad or negative or hateful or even suspicious about someone else. I don't trust Braxentaric. I don't trust him as far as Misk could throw Kjork. Huh.
4: I could throw him pretty far. You want to see?
2: I want to see. I would like to see that, yes, actually, but maybe later. And about this time, he leans back, you know, and kind of gets a, oh, we got to stop talking for a second look as they're bringing food to the table. And they bring you ham and soups and breads and cheeses. It's a pretty nice little spread. I mean, it's nothing fit for a king, but it's definitely a hearty, hearty meal.
3: Hardy, hearty, heart.
2: Yeah. Dig in, boys. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Make Believe Heroes. We hope that you're enjoying this, our fourth episode of Season 2. Also hope that you had a chance to check out our Halloween special, which we released last week, on Thursday. We had a chance to play The Forest Hymn and Picnic, a new RPG that was kickstarted by Cecil Howe or at SwordPeddler on Twitter. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, you should definitely do so. It was a ton of fun. We had a great time playing it. And our very own Alan was the narrator slash game master for that session. So The Forest Hymn and Picnic, you can find him on Twitter, or you can go check out his website online. Now, we do have a couple orders of business. First of all, we just wrapped our first giveaway. Entries ended at midnight last night, and we are so excited to complete the drawing live right now on the air. So. We have all of our names together here, and we're going to draw for the winner right now. So, drum roll, please. And the winner for our first ever dice giveaway for this set of purple Cosmos dice from diceenvy.com is number one fan, Braden Rojas. Thank you so much for entering, Brayden. Congratulations on winning these awesome dice, and we'll get with you via email to find out about where to send them. And I hope that these dice never roll you crit fails. And if they do, blame Alan because he picked them. So, thank you so much. Thanks to everyone who shared us on Facebook and Twitter and left us a five-star review. Sorry you didn't win them this time, but don't worry, because in December we'll be doing another giveaway, and hopefully we'll have a steady stream of these things coming from here on out. Thanks so much for the reviews and the shares on Twitter and Facebook, and be sure to tune in. In December for our next dice giveaway. Speaking of dice, dicemb.com is where these buttes came from, and dicemb.com offers some excellent special dice that you can't get anywhere else in the world. I actually recently bought a set of their very limited wooden dice that are just beautiful and handmade, and I love them. And these were actually part of their dice subscription service, limited edition dice only available through that. And they had some extras that they sold at a great price. So. You should go to dicenv.com right now and use the code HEROS to get 10% off of your next order. Looking for a gift for a friend that loves to game, why not get them one of those sweet subscriptions for a year? It's only fifty bucks. And what a great gift that would be. Hmm. I should get that for some of my friends. Also, big shout out to battlebards.com for allowing us to use their audio that you hear every week right here. On Make Believe Heroes. If you'd like to get that and use it at your table, go now to BattleBards.com and you can get 15% off of your BattleBards Prime subscription. One more thing before we go, we do want to read a couple of awesome five-star reviews from you guys. So the first one is an older review written way back in April by a friend of the show, DM Lord Neptune. His review titled Quality from the First Episode reads, The production quality on this podcast has been absolutely amazing. Music, sound effects, ambience, story, it's all there. Getting to know the players through some of the bonus episodes has helped to make the podcast even more enjoyable, which is great. Also, it's really interesting that they plan to do a different campaign, effectively, every season. It sounds like they want to ramp things up with these characters to produce a huge emotional story arc, and once that arc is finished, move on to new characters to show off the RP chops of these players. It's worth sticking with, in my opinion, and I look forward to continuing on this journey to find out what happens to these reluctant, but not really, heroes. Thank you so much, Lord Neptune, and you can check him out on their podcast, Character Creation Cast. You can check that out on iTunes, and you should do so. One more review comes from Cow Cow Uh, (laughs) Co-Chicken. Awesome name. This review reads, Unexpectedly Great. First of all, let me express how excited I am that there's finally a D&D podcast in the world where the players seem like they're at least half-decent people. Wow, thank you. When I was scrolling through the list of D&D podcasts, I could not find a single other clean podcast in the entire app. And so when I found this, I was carefully optimistic. Definitely a good choice. Great and engaging story, fun players, and good people. The story is something that, as a DM, I envy, and the world of Monumi is a wonderful place that, again, I wish I had the time and talent to make a constantly flowing place such as this. Love it, guys. Keep up the great work. Wow. Uh, That is some some truly high praise. Thank you so much for your comments on Monumi. I do work hard on it, and we do work hard to make this game clean and fun for everyone. It's awesome to hear that you guys are having as much fun listening as we are playing. So, thank you so much for tuning in. And that's about enough of me talking for now. Let's get back to the story and find out what's going on with this mysterious man and the pillar-marked rapier in Brandshark. They bring you all the drinks that you would want and everything is just flowing. Where's the raw meat? (laughs) Um we've got some steaks we could prepare for you rare that'd be good
1: oh a rare steak yeah the rarer the better bring it to me
2: uh, okay yeah i can i can take care of that so. i'm
4: so sorry no no
2: no it's fine it's fine and he goes back there to get you some rare steak
4: are they from far away i don't understand i get it oh uh,
2: yes 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 they're they're ah. very very um serious steaks so here's the thing rexentoric is an opportunist he is looking to capitalize on the situation to get more clout, put a positive spin more on
3: clout tokens.
2: The whole fiasco that is this new system at the Festival of the Rising Sun. He did say
0: that word earlier. Capitalize.
2: Yes. Well, I, I believe that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to take a situation where people have suffered and get something out of it. That speaks of a poor character. I'm sure we can all agree.
4: That sounds bad.
2: People who would lord themselves over others less fortunate than themselves.
4: Here's the thing I don't know the mayor. I mean, I've just met him today. Brackle knows of him. I don't know Brackle, but I feel like we're going to get to know each other, you know? Maybe. I wink at him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Does Brackle wink back? Is he Oh, just man.
0: There? Brackle's just unfaced. He's just straight faced. Like, yep, yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. He's Batman. And
4: every time he just does that...
2: I'm not wearing a hockey pants. Sorry, I don't say that every time, but it's my favorite Batman line. <laughs> every
4: ever. time that... Uh, Storm's coming. I do something toward Brackle and he looks at me like that and just kind of shrugs it off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look over at Kjorg and be like, oh yeah.
2: <laughs> so Like
4: every time. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> what were you going to say?
4: Anyways, back to what I was saying. I don't know the mayor, but... they're. Seems to be a girl in trouble. The princess. Absolutely. I mean, they said there was going to be money if we get the princess. So why not get the princess and then, you know, get the money and maybe help the mayor, you know, if he wants some more help.
2: Whatever. Here's the thing. Where is she?
4: I don't know. Where is she? Where's the detonator?
2: Where's the princess? <laughs> Where is Brianna? In another castle. Do you have a lead? He did not tell us. He turns to Kyork. Do you have any idea where she is, Kjorg?
3: Uh, somewhere away from here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a fair assessment. Brackle, any leads? Did you find anything? It's been but a
0: few hours. I haven't had time, although I did hope to patrol tonight, to see what I
2: could learn. Nor has Braxantaric. His sister-in-law, the youngest daughter of the Salarn family, has been kidnapped and he's keeping it secret. He has not sent people looking for her. He has no one searching through the remains of the third house. Not that there probably is anything left. It's probably burnt to the ground now. He's not concerned about Brianna. He's concerned about sometime after noon tomorrow, getting you together and holding a press conference in the middle of Circle Street so everyone can cheer about how good of a mayor and how concerned he is. That doesn't sound like
1: that terrible of a thing to do.
2: It certainly doesn't sound like the actions of one who is overly concerned about the safety and care of his own family.
1: I believe you. I'm not saying I trust him. I don't trust you either.
2: I don't expect you to trust me, Sutsaris, and I certainly don't trust you either.
3: Good. Neither do
4: I.
2: Let me make this simple for you. I am prepared to give you information that I believe will probably lead you in the direction of where you can find her. Then tell us. I need a commitment from you. All right. So let me first make my offer. Braxantaric is a wealthy man. He is also a greedy man. He's not going to pay you above what you would expect. He's going to give you a fair price. I am prepared to pay you an exorbitant amount of gold for your help in this particular situation.
3: Thirty horses and a fence.
2: Yes, as Kjorg has a said, fence. plenty You'll need a wagon. Nice. Mm.
4: We always wanted a wagon.
2: Here's what I need from you. I need you to leave. (laughs) tonight. 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 To leave. To where? Well, that's the trick, isn't it? Before I tell you, I need you to snuff Raxantaric. I need you to ignore his summons. I need you to be out of this city before the sun rises. I don't want you to meet him. I don't want you to play party to his games and parading you around. Sure, the people of this city love you, and they'll continue to love you regardless of anything that the snaked-tongued mayor has to say about it. So, what I would like is for you for after this meal, gather your things and leave.
4: If that's what you want, sir, then we still don't know your name.
2: I believe that you are safer not knowing my name for now.
4: Okay, okay.
2: Also, I need to protect those that I am aligned with.
4: You need to give us some kind of assurance that you're not just pulling one on us, getting us out of town so we can't su- You have nothing to offer us right now.
3: Uh, 30 horses in a fence.
4: Yes, Kjorg, but that's later, after we do his bidding. Sure,
2: I, you're right. He reaches to his waist and he pulls out a coin purse, and he brings out four electrum pieces. which you all recognize as the most valuable currency that there is.
4: When Misk sees that, she literally flips out.
1: Saul sees four pieces of metal come out of the bag and goes, what are we supposed to do with that?
4: Saul, you have no idea.
2: Saul, one of these is worth roughly a hundred gold pieces.
3: Kjork slowly reaches towards them.
4: (laughs) Kjork? Hold on. (laughs) I grab Kjork's hand.
2: I'm willing to give each of you one now, and at least... Ten more later. (laughs) I'll take two now.
3: You get half of one, Saul.
2: Saul, roll me a persuasion check. Oh. It's a ten on the dice. What's your persuasion modifier?
1: Going down to it right now, a five, so a fifteen.
2: He he looks at you and you say that, and he sort of furrows his brow. He looks at the rest of you like what do the rest of you think.
4: I'm going to cross my arms and...
2: Wait and see what happens? I think so. He sees the thoughtful look on your face, and that sort of pushes him just enough over the edge. All right. Two now. Ooh. And he pulls out four more pieces. Nice.
4: I'm going to look at and wink.
2: He holds him out in his hand, and he closes his fist around. He says, 800 gold worth of money in my hand goes to the four of you if you agree to fulfill my instructions from here on out until this task is completed. Done.
4: Saul's in, so I'm in too. What about you, Kjorg? Of course. And Brackle?
0: Brackle stands there thoughtfully and he says, Sir, to tell you rightly, I would planned to go tonight anyway on my own accord. I don't need your money, but I will gladly take up this quest. And if these are willing to help, that'll help us find Brianna quicker than I support it. However, I... Not knowing what you may ask of me, I cannot promise that I'll follow through. I am going to pursue this quest, I just cannot promise that I will follow all of your instructions. But I do appreciate what you are trying to do for Brianna.
2: He pauses, looking at you for a second, kind of scratching the beer on his chin. Brackle, I can appreciate a man of principles. I insist that you take the money anyhow. I believe it could be a big help to you on this journey, and um, a man can always use more money. So, even if you don't expect a great reward, please, accept this as a token of my investment in you. And a promise that I will do my very best to never ask anything more of you than you're willing to do. Uh, Brackle takes it and says, you have my thanks. So, have the four of you ever heard of a group of people? Uh, let's call them an organization called the Hotfeet. Feet. Hey, that, Hot Feet?
3: That sounds familiar. That's what we
1: used to do to some of ours. We'd take them and hold them over the fire until their feet begin to melt.
2: Yeah, good times. It's not not exactly the same thing. Uh, Cure?
3: Yeah, that's a... um, mm, Those thieves, you know, Misk, those one people.
4: Yes, we're acquainted.
2: Ah, well, you probably know more than I about them, but from what I understand, they're not exactly... A uh, legitimate organization, more of a underbelly criminal organization. Mm. I mean, I've heard about them for years. They're based in Brightport, right? From what I understand, they they've basically overrun Brightport.
3: Yep, they run around everywhere.
2: He rolls. Yeah, he rolls an insight check. Misk, is it, do you have you had dealings with them in the past, personally, or you
4: being in Brightport? I was aware of the organization, but I tried to stay away from them.
2: Roll me a deception check. (laughs) She's a liar.
4: Liar. Liar, liar. It's plus five. Oh, it is a nine.
2: Okay. Well, yes, I'm sure that you heard of them in that area. Anyhow, not to drag this out, but simply put, they have been creeping around the world, from what I understand. Many of my associates that are in different places have encountered them. You all have, the four of you, heard anything, uh, rumors of the destruction of the Canopy, a, a great forest city in Fallen Grove.
3: Yeah, i heard something about that.
2: Well, from what I understand, the Hot Feet were there. I've heard rumors of them being as far as Dimmerhold, Venthaven, they're they're really trying to creep out into the rest of the world and take advantage in a time of unrest. Things are moving about in our world in a way that is not good. My concern is that the rumors say that these hot feet, the footpads that are moving from place to place, at first they were very mysterious, no one knew who they were, but we actually managed to capture one of their agents. Oh, And we discovered after some convincing from him that the way that they have recently come to gain so much in confidence to the point that they would stretch out across the land, is that they've gained a new power, a new tool to help them. And that is the ability to step from one place to another.
0: What did you just say?
2: A sort of...
1: In hell somewhere, Lorik's ears perk up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) sort of teleportation, if you will. Nothing on a grand scale, traveling say, across hundreds of miles, but the ability to, in a pinch, zip out. And from what we have heard and what we were able to gather from this prisoner, they do so with vials that they are given.
4: We encountered this. Yes. In the burning house. I, I thought... No. Whenever you stab them, they vanish, right? No. It just so happened that you stabbed him, and then he got the vial out of his pocket. Didn't you not see the second guy with the vial? You didn't stab him, and he disappeared. This is true. It's okay. However, if you stab them, they run. Yes, they do run.
1: Yes, we, we did see this in the burning house.
2: We believe that there is a connection. It could be that these mysterious figures are working for the Hot Feet, or it could be that they are working with the Hot Feet and have started purchasing these things. We don't know. But it is a lead. And the only thing that we've been able to gather, because we don't know anything about this material, that they're using this, this weapon, how they harness it, how they use it. The only thing that we know, we've gathered it from our uh, prisoner, is that they send people to a specific place to harvest a magical material that they're using in these, let's call them, teleportation devices.
1: What's the material?
2: We don't know. Hmm. But Brackle, this is where your aid is desperately needed. Hmm. You see, what we've discovered is that they are sending agents to harvest this from a place north of here, where the mountains meet the forest, where the Elder Mountains come across to this side of Manumi, north of the Sylvan Forest, just where they meet, there is a sort of chasm, a uh, a pass between the mountains. It's commonly known in this area as the Devil's Pass. I know the place. Devil's Pass. It's called such for the rumors surrounding it of... Monsters, creatures that—if uh, you go, you never come back. Hmm. That's where I'd like you to go.
4: And never come back. I see no. you.
2: <laughs> I believe the four of you will be just fine. I—I I, I need you to go and see if you can find out what they're doing.
4: So when we don't show up tomorrow to meet the mayor,
2: oh, I'll
0: take care of that. I had no intention of going in the first place.
4: Well, I mean, I was going to talk about it with you know the rest of you, but I mean, we don't need to be running away, I mean with you know people looking yes. for us, and he has things. a short he
2: has a short term memory. I believe that it'll it'll it's as simple as we will take care of spreading the news that the four of you so overcome with concern for the princess and so invigorated by the support of the community, have decided to go immediately and begin searching for her. Don't worry, I will take care of that. I have a way of spreading the news around. It, it won't be an issue, but don't think that this is going to be easy. It is very possible that you all could encounter something very dangerous in this place. Georg? Yes? How do you feel about fighting monsters?
3: Are they strong?
2: I can't say... For sure, but, I mean, you don't get the name Devil's Pass for nothing. Hmm. And you can't help but take a quick little glance towards Saul.
3: Then hmm. I'm definitely down to fight.
1: They've already started to name places after a sister.
4: Yeah, it's the worst things on Manumi, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they named us after the worst things on Manumi,
2: Great. Well... The fact is, we don't know what's there. Very terrible monsters, a lot to fear, and they're going and somehow harvesting something that's allowing them to harness this power. So I would like for the four of you to go find out what it is. Perhaps you can find someone there who can lead you to where she is. Hmm. Do we have an agreement?
1: I'm in. Adventure? Money? Whatever that's worth. Maybe we'll find a Balor, Devil's Pass, something we can start dominating this world with.
4: Kjorg, you ready to fight? Always. Kjorg's in. I'm in. Saul's in.
2: The man stands up. I have much to do. I will prepare horses for the four of you and anything else that you might need. Food and provisions so that you can leave right away within the hour. Are we agreed?
4: Thank you.
1: Sounds delicious. I need more bourbon first.
4: We'll just stay here until you get everything prepared. I agree. Um, yeah.
2: You all finish your meal, get anything you need, and I will meet you out back at the stables in an hour. Make sure there's a bottle of this. With a swish of his cape, he turns, exits the inn, leaving the four of you sitting there. Mm-hmm.
4: Saul, don't worry, I'll get you a bottle of that stuff. I don't trust
1: him. I don't trust him at all.
4: You don't trust him?
1: <laughs> no, why would I trust him?
4: He just gave you a bunch of money.
1: Yes. Didn't father teach you anything? One of the best things to do is to bribe someone into a situation where you'll have more power over them.
4: Do you think I care what father thinks or what he taught me? I think you should. Well, I came up here, Saul, and got so much money, and I don't even care.
1: So much money. And now I'm getting
4: more money. Do
1: you have a castle? How large is your army?
3: (laughs) Oh, it's a one-man army.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's <right>. So far, <laughs> I
1: see one half orc that doesn't even bow to you whenever you walk up.
4: You couldn't take him down with a dagger. My magic will come back. Ooh, <laughs> ooh,
3: you'll
1: see.
4: I trust you. I don't. Listen, Saul. This world is nothing like you would. know. it's not like where we came from. Obviously, <laughs> you. This place is nothing like home, and you need to just trust me and follow my lead, okay?
1: I've been letting you. You are correct. You have some more experience here. I'm not sure how long you've even been here.
4: It's for me to know and you to find out, sir. (laughs)
1: Got him. He raises his eyebrows a little bit.
4: If you're going to go on this adventure, you need to just stick close to me and you'll be okay. Okay? (laughs) Okay.
1: I will learn everything I can from this world, and I'll try to follow some of your guidance.
4: Thank you. See, Misk knows that that's Saul actually giving in.
3: Mm-hmm. Brackle, we're friends now.
4: Oh, Brackle, this is Kiorg. I don't know if you heard them <laughs> shouting his name outside, but yeah, that's him. People's champion.
3: And I give him the mayor's brooch. <laughs>
4: no uh Yeah.
0: How does Brackle respond to that? Brackle takes the brooch, looks at it, looks it over, and it had a swirly symbol on it, right? It does. It's silver with a black swirly on it. He's looking at it like, what is this? hmm And it's like he's almost holding it carefully, like he doesn't want to touch anything the mare's touched. Right. And then he puts it in one of his uh, cloak's pockets.
2: Yeah, puts it in his utility belt, stores it for later. Yeah, exactly. He puts it in his cheek like a chipmunk. Okay, so (laughs) with that, the four of you finish up your meal. You spend the hour. You gather everything you need, and you head to the stables. Yep. And this is where we're going to end episode four of season two.
4: Ooh. ooh. Yeet. Wow. Thank you
2: all for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. Tweet at us at MBH Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MBH Podcast. Go to our website at makebelieveheroes.com. You can send us an email to letters at MakeBelieveHeroes.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or anywhere else that podcasting reviews are available.
3: Follow us on MySpace.
2: Yes, keep following <laughs> us on MySpace, please. And, of course, tell a friend. Spread the <laughs> news. Retweets go up. I mean, it's, it's a big deal when you retweet us on Twitter or you tell a friend or anything like that. It's just the best way you can help us, so please do that. We love you for it, and we'll just love you anyway for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Look forward to seeing you again next week.
4: We love you. Bye, Felicia.
2: <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.